Welcome everybody, welcome everybody who's listening, who's tuning in and <laughs> who's ready for some new juice. Uh, I'm Ava and I'm your host and before we start this show I want to let you know there are several ways to give back. Before we receive we also make a commitment to give back either way you give back to yourself or you give back to the community or you give back to me now by giving back to yourself is basically applying what resonates with you what is your truth together with what is shared and working on yourself just evolving right evolving second giving back to the community if you already are aware of this truth within you and you find truths within what is shared then continue sharing it you can share by subscribing and then sharing on the social media platforms all of the links is below as well as on my webpage where you can share my webpage information or just simply share what parts of the these episodes work with you and how they work with you on a personal level that way people can understand it more thoroughly and more deeply and we can continue on spreading the ripple effects the waves on the water and let the sunshine hit where the shadows is hiding now to the third part by giving back to me uh you can do this by easily subscribing like i said through my web page but also of course sharing like i told you and then most importantly if you wish to donate you can donate because i do this on a freely basis purely because i love it but i also do want to make sure that i can stabilize an income and so if you want to contribute to that which makes me grow which makes you grow which makes everybody grow then you can do that through the donate button or the donate link and you'll find that too in the description box and you easily donate any amount to my PayPal account so thank you for doing that as well now let's get on to the show let's get on to the juice let's get on to what is cooking enjoy this episode bless is a good way to start. I guess just starting is a good way to start. That's always the thing, right? We can't get started unless we do something about it. The power lies not within the words but within the action itself. And yes, there is a lot of power within the words. Hence I am speaking in words so that some form of message <clears throat> excuse me can get through but the message will always get through in the other end in the end of the receiver the way that the receiver wants to perceive the message the way that the message portrays the reality of the one who receives it the best the one 
that cares for illusion and cares for fantasy, they will see the fantasy and the illusion as reality, no matter what the message is. No matter if universe is banging them in the head saying, fucking wake up, you know? And the same goes for those who wants to see the truth. They will see the truth no matter the lies and no matter the illusion. And of course, life isn't always that black and white. In fact, it never is. It never is black and white. It never is just either or. But we do have to choose. We do have to choose by doing. We have to choose by our actions. We have to choose what emphasis we put into our daily routines. We have to choose our engagements in the activities of life. And in that choosing comes a natural form of doing. So if we first choose to do something, that is a choice within ourselves. And then the action naturally follows, right? But sometimes we can get so frozen in our inability to choose. We become indecisive. We start to think about what is right, what is wrong, what will bring me the most luck, what will benefit me the most, or what will hinder me the most. What will I have to sacrifice to get this? What am I sacrificing as I'm now thinking about it? We start to question ourselves. We start to doubt ourselves. We start to doubt our own ability to choose and then we give up our choice as if we don't have the power to choose and i'm saying all this from experience of course from experience of my own experience and also from what i witness all around me as i see life as a reflection of my perception so is life a reflection of your perception As I said before, we see what we want to see. We see what benefits our vision the most. And our vision becomes our reality. Seeing is believing. But seeing is also creating. Seeing is painting. Seeing is actually the first step towards manifesting the reality that we exist in. It's a big thing to think about. It's a huge responsibility on ourselves. And therefore, the pressure can become huge when it comes down to even daily actions, such as what coat do I have on today? Or what car do I take? Or do I take the bus? Or what uh, beverage should I drink for lunch? Or what magazine should I purchase? Or... Should I tell them the truth or not? Should I tell them how I feel or not? Should I call that person or not? Should I do this? Should I do that? You know, there is a lot of questioning in that. And that is a daily life for many of our generation, I would say. Because we live in the day and age, not everybody, but the ones who are quote-unquote, privileged. We live in a day and age where 
we are given the freedom of choice. Or at least that's how it is portrayed. But there has been a lot of research and a lot of publications about this, actually, of how too many choices actually hinders. It freezes us and it also very much so, let's say, captivates us so that we are somewhat enslaved of the idea that we have to choose. Like I said, frozen, like um, a rabbit, right? Or a mouse, you know, scared to shit, scared, deathless, shitless, whatever you say, right? Um, frozen in fear. <sighs> but if you don't choose... That's a choice too. Just as if you don't answer, that is an answer itself. If you don't reply, there you go, there's your answer. Passivity, inactivity, apathy is an action. The action of non-action is an action. It is an indirect action. That's why we have passive aggressiveness. <laughs> ah, that's what the whole fucking thing is about. Passive aggressiveness is somebody being so fucking mad, but they can't express their feelings. So they go on in a sideways note and express their aggressiveness in a very manipulative and disturbing and unhealthy way. Just out of fear of truly expressing how they feel and not being able to take responsibility of how they actually feel, not owning what they feel, not owning who they are, or what they truly want. <laughs> and you know, it is crazy. And, and, and the reason why I'm, I'm telling you this is because... Hmm. The belief that we have power when we have many, many choices presented in front of us is just a belief. That actually is not the power. You are not a liberated person just because you can choose between 18 different water bottles in the grocery store. You are actually very much so stuck in a labyrinth, just like a rat in a laboratory. And then we are made to think as we are the free when we can go and pay for water. We can actually pay for whatever water we want, as long as we know what we want, or at least think that we know what we want. And on the other scale of the spectrum, we have the people who actually uh, would do anything. They actually die because they don't have any water. They don't have the ability to choose between this water or that water or the third water or the fourth water or the fifth water. They can basically choose between life or death. And usually they always choose life 
even when the opportunity that is presented is death and death alone, they still choose life. And many survive. Many, many die as well, but many also survive. Many surpass the death because they don't choose it. Because they know that the only power they have is within the action itself. The action of not allowing passivity or apathy to kill you. Now, with that being said, I don't mean that one should always be um, actively engaging in everything. Like I said, even non-action is an action itself. But the legacy of apathy that we have, or that we actually are creating and giving our children, is ridiculous. It's remarkable to me that we are fooling ourselves to that degree that we believe that many different things will create liberty. That's not variety, that's confusion. (laughs) Giving our kids like five different devices plus like a whole wardrobe full of whatever uh, is the new trend for the, I don't know, semester um or even uh giving our kids like whatever they want from the store i mean christmas is coming up holidays is coming up it's just around the corner i'm recording this on the 21st actually so it's the winter solstice and happy winter solstice y'all it's turning the tides yeah and so I've been against uh, consumerism as a massive, like I haven't been really partaking in it uh, from my own uh, perspective. I've been trying to actually avoid it as much as possible. But then I've seen how um, me not uh, choosing (laughs) uh, to create what I want would actually create the polarity even more so. So if I would avoid something, let's say Christmas, like like crazy consumerism Christmas in the Western society kind of thing, uh, if I would avoid it as much as possible, it would hit me in the face as much as possible. So I couldn't avoid it. If I then, on the other hand, met it with the power that I put to the table, what I wanted to do and how I wanted to create it, then I started to create my own reality and my own, um, well, version of the holy days. And of course, we are many that co-create. You can't just run some people over, you know. Like I have a huge family, a very huge family for being uh, the, the normal, typical um, Western Swedish family constellation at least um, stemming from the 90s and 80s. Um, But it's getting more and more common, I would think, to have these kind of constellations, which is interesting. Because then, as we are believing ourselves to be so powerful and individual, we also see that we are, in fact, creating as a collective. We're creating as a whole. So the more that we engage in each other and try to meet each other with um, compassion and with understanding that we all do have different opinions and that that is okay, 
uh, without actually putting too much attention to what other people think about our opinion, then we actively um, can engage in our own creation of of community and and um, well correlation and and then a choice well our personal choice doesn't have to be a problem it actually can become more so of a direct democracy than an indirect democracy it can become more so um let's say a harmonious um empowerment than passive aggressiveness <clears throat> and the action of non-action can actually be very very helpful sometimes to even say i don't want to choose these choices that are presented for me none of them resonate so i'm not going to choose i'm going to choose this what is this the non-action itself Stepping away from it. Saying, no, I don't want to partake in this decision-making thingy. And I'm not talking about Christmas or any holidays or any, um, you know, family constellations or relationship constellations. I'm talking about the relationship with ourselves, first and foremost. Because, for example, I was going to, <laughs> and I actually did, I recorded this really interesting podcast um, that was like one and a half hour of rambling. Uh, and I was really upset. Uh, this was like early morning upset, like before I had breakfast upset. <laughs> like I just dropped off my kids like in the fall upset, right? And so I was sitting in the car and I was recording and it started with my anger like coming out because I'm <laughs> working a lot through through that fire and, and, and how to really navigate through that fire. And now I'm using that fire more of a creational space and create through that fire because I do have a lot of fire. Um, but then I used it because I was so mad. I was mad. I was mad at the privilege that we believe ourselves to have. And so it started with we are so fucking privileged. Which is something that I do not agree with anymore, actually. <laughs> Let me just put that straight. Um, I felt that we in the Western society believed ourselves to be so fucking privileged. Um, that we took everything for granted. That we weren't grateful enough. That we didn't uh, witness or partake in the whole. And we didn't, be res we didn't take responsibility enough. That's what I felt then. And then I felt that we started to um, avoid our responsibility by amusing ourselves with uh, nonsensical stuff, which is in fact a reality, you know. You can choose that reality and it, it is happening. People all around the world is like numbing themselves down with all sorts of things, but that has been happening for ages, where at least since industrialization came along, or at least since mass population came along, people have been numbing themselves down from their own reality for ages. So that's no news. The media differs. Like, let's say it started with, um, I don't know, sex and alcohol, and then it continued with sex, alcohol, and drugs, and then sex, alcohol, drugs, and media, and then sex, alcohol, drugs, media, and consumption. And, you know, it goes on and on and on and on. Right? <laughs> let's not get into that <laughs> but um <laughs> at least not now 
but then, you know, I said today and I was like, oh yeah, I want to change that. How can I change that? And I was like, oh, let's say instead of we're, we're so fucking privileged just to say we're so fucking scared. And I was like, no, I don't want to say that either. I don't want to say we're so fucking scared because that's not true either. Not everybody is scared. Yes, we do have a lot of fear and we freeze in front of fear. That's the fright, fright and flight mode, right? And, and many people still have that ongoing because we uh, train ourselves to have it uh, through, through um, being distracted. Every time we, we start to um, engage with something that is real, let's say uh, how we actually feel about something, which means what we actually want, then we disengage. We are taught to disengage. I'm not saying everybody do that or everybody does that, but we are taught to disengage. I'm going to drink some water sitting by the fire. Oh, <clears throat> what does that even mean? Being taught to disengage. How, how are you taught to disengage? Well, first and foremost, <clears throat> you can be taught to disengage by, well, from early age by, um, let's say, your mother and your father is having an argument and then... Um, your father or your mother, one of them, uh, starts to just walk out of the room when it gets too uh, fiery, gets too much. They can't handle it. Um, I mean, I've been there. I've done that too, you know? And um, everything I say here stems from what I've seen, what I've witnessed, and also what I've seen and witnessed in myself. So I take full charge for those behaviors and I know where they come from. And it comes from an inability to greet and meet feelings, emotions, thoughts, and desires in an healthy way. When we start to suppress it, when we start to suppress it, well, first we have to disengage from it. Something rises up within us and then we're like, oh, no, I'm not going to feel that. I'm going to do something else, right? Oh, I'm going to take a bite of a chocolate <laughs> or uh, I'll just go for a run <laughs> and pretend I'm not angry or um, oh, I'm going to call my friend and, and, uh, and complain about the world today. You know, we choose different outlets to to navigate, you know, to project our um, emotional state out or our thought pattern or our belief systems. Even if they're false, we choose to project them in certain ways, in certain forms. And um, by disengaging in the reality of it, we create illusion and fantasy. So we're no we're not really privileged at all. And we're not really frozen by fear either. 
question is, are we delusional? Or are we just under a mass psychosis? <laughs> mass hypnosis. <laughs> could be so. Could be. Just could be. Ooh, that's some pretty big things to state, right? But it's the fucking obvious. You know, I don't want to get into it too deep right at this moment. But, well, it comes naturally, so... It will happen. <sighs> oh, yeah, the podcast. So um, I recorded it and it was really good, right? But it was like, like I said, I was projecting the anger in a way that was, wasn't really wealthy for me. It could have, it was healthy because I recorded it. I got it out and I didn't publish, publicize it because it wasn't the right thing to do. So I kind of just gave it back to myself and had it there brewing and made me really like, you know, go through the shit that I was projecting out so that I could actually know what what was the truth in that and what wasn't right so I was engaging in myself but then you know I chose not to publicize it and I didn't really think about why until uh now just recently uh why didn't I publicize that one and another one I don't remember what that was about uh well because they they were in fact very 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 like they had a lot of substance they had a lot of uh, nutrition still they were rich uh they were wealthy um but they weren't truly as healthy wealthy as i wanted them to be because um I do believe that we should be very clear with what we're stating. And every time that we are, like I said, sending out a message, um, using our words, we are in fact translating an action. We are acting through speaking. We are acting through our vocal cords. This is a part of action. We are sounding out sounds that... Uh, become a tone and a frequency and that will someone or many people receive in different ways depending on what they are able to receive what they want to receive question is what do you want if we are under mass hypnosis mass psychosis are you then enslaved or can you wake up at any given moment and what would it look like if you would to be woken up well, you wouldn't know, would you, until you do so? Even the, even the, even the picture, the image of waking up from something into something else is just an image. You don't really know anything about anything until you've experienced it. But you do have to choose. You do have to choose. And that choice is a choice between you and yourself alone. Nobody can make that choice for you. 
not even if you stand in front in front of like 500 different deities and they all promise you the golden gates towards heaven. I mean, it doesn't matter if you choose to be under a mass psychosis or hypnosis and that's how you want to experience life, then that's how you want to experience life. <laughs> and you've already chosen. Can you undo your choice? Well, yes, you can repent. You can repent from denying yourself what is really, really your truth. But still, you know, there's nothing wrong in choosing what you really want. Question is, does that truly benefit you? What you want, does it really benefit you? So therefore, the first question is not only what do you want, but also... <laughs> Are you sure that you know what you want? And are you sure that what you want is what you need? And when I say need, I mean what benefits you the most? What is wealthy, healthy wealth? Not sure if you get my point, but... You know, there was this Beatles song, right? When they said, you don't get what you want, you get what you need. Or something like that. I don't remember. One of my exes, they loved Beatles. But, um, right? Everybody knows the Beatles. The little Beatles. I'm sure, I'm sure the Beatles came from Egypt. <laughs> okay, that was an outside-inside joke. Anyway, anywho, anyhow, the thing is, you don't really know if you know what you want. But only you can choose to take action towards knowing that. Let's say if you're under psychosis, hypnosis, whatever... If your mind or your body is programmed to believe that you know what you want, what it benefits you the most, but it doesn't, it doesn't give you really what you want, then you are in a sort of self-denial uh, programming. You're under a spell. And... How can you be not under a spell? Well, you have to undo the spell. You have to spell it out. I do not want to be under that spell. I hereby release myself from any spells that no longer benefit the greatest good for me and the highest intent of me. It's easy. You can just do like that, right? You don't have to make it complicated. You can just state the obvious. Hey, I want to wake up, you know? But you really do have to believe it within yourself that you do want to wake up. Because if you don't want to wake up and you already bought the ticket, then you're on the wrong ride, buddy, friend, love, kin, whoever you are listening, you're on the wrong ride. Because this ride that gives you the ticket to awakening, to awakening up to who you are, to what you truly want, what is your benefit, what is the truth of you, it's not just going to be like a one one easy ride. It's, it's a one-way ticket to something you have no clue of what it is. 
And still you have to know that you want it. So do you know what you want? Or are you going to stand there and wait? And while you're waiting, just feel the waste of time. Because there is a huge difference between patience and inability to choose. Patience comes with a knowing. You know that something will come for you or you know that something is on the way or that you are on the way towards something. You know you have a deep knowing, a deep sense of knowing that you will meet whatever that is meeting you. So you're not really waiting, you're more kind of anticipating, right? Or just enjoying the time while it is. If you, on the other hand, do not know truly what you want, you think you know what you want, and you say to yourself every day that you want that, but it's not really happening because you're not doing anything about it, well then, you're procrastinating. You're lying to yourself, you're giving yourself excuses, and, well, you're not really taking charge of your life. You keep on being under a slumber. And uh, like that Monty Python <laughs> sketch where the guy who who is in the, you know, the pet shop. I don't know if you've seen Monty Python. Oh, what the Norwegian blue prefers keeping on his back. 
beautiful plumage. Okay. I took the liberty of examining that parrot. And I discovered that the only reason that it had been sitting on its perch in the first place was that it had been nailed there. Oh, but of course it was nailed there. Oh, but if I hadn't nailed it there, it would have muscled up those bars and boom! Look here, mate. This parrot wouldn't boom if you put 4,000 volts through it. It's bleeding demised. No, it's, it's pining. It's not pining. It's passed on. This parrot is no more. It has ceased to be. It's expired and gone to see its maker. This is a late parrot. It's a stiff, bereft of life. It rests in peace. If you hadn't nailed it to the perch, it would be pushing up the daisies. It's rung down the curtain and joined the choir invisible. This is an ex-parrot. Pleasure. If you want to get anything done in this country, you've got to complain to your blue in the nose. Sorry, Squire, I've had a lot. We're right out of parrots. I see. I get the picture. I've got a slug. Does it talk? Not really. Well, it's scarcely a replacement, then, is it? Listen, I didn't want to work in a pet shop. I wanted to be a lumberjack. I'm sorry, uh, this is irrelevant, isn't it? Yes! A lumberjack! Leaping from tree to tree as they float down the mighty rivers of British Columbia. The giant's redwood. The larch. The fir. The mighty Scotch pine. What about my bloody parrot? The smell of fresh-cut timber. The crash of mighty trees. With my best girl by my side, we'd sing, sing, sing. I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I eat my lunch, I go to the laboratory. On Wednesday I go shopping and have buttered scones for tea. He cuts down trees, eats his lunch, he goes to the laboratory. On Wednesday he goes shopping and has buttered scones for tea. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I skip and jump. I like to dress wildflowers. I put on women's clothing and hang around in bars. He cuts down trees, he skips and jumps. He likes to dress wildflowers. He puts on women's clothing and hangs around in bars. He's a lumberjack and he's okay. He sleeps all night and he works all day. I cut down trees, I wear a hill, suspend his hand a bra. I wish I'd been a girly, just like my dear papa. I cut down trees, I wear a hill, suspend his hand a bra. I wish I'd been a girly, just like my dear papa. So there you go. There's the Monty Python sketch, the parrot sketch, and the lumberjack song. <laughs>
and this is from the movie. Uh, I'll write it down in the comment section below and you can just look it up. And I'll also link in the blog um, transmission on my website. You'll find the actual sketch itself. You can watch it. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. So just in short, um, it's all about delusional behavior, right? When we are lying to ourselves, when we are denying ourselves what we truly want, what we truly desire and who we truly are, we put on facades and versions that fits the circumstance better. So for example, here, there's a pet salesman who sells a parrot to a customer and says that it's <laughs> it's completely stiff and um, not moving and not talking because it's resting from a long, <laughs> what, what did it say, a long um, workout or whatever. <laughs> and uh, so the customer buys it and then comes back as he discovered that it's actually dead. And so the customer tries to convince uh, the pet owner that this parrot is actually dead, that the pet sh pet owner, pet shop owner, sorry, pet shop owner has nailed the parrot to uh, the cage so that it doesn't fall and that it's actually a stuffed animal. And he goes into, he's like, this parrot is deceased. It's an ex-parrot. It is no more. It would be pushing up the daisies if you hadn't nailed it to the floor. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? It's like such a deep level of denial. There's like <laughs> this guy, the pet shop owner, he does anything to cover up the falsities, to cover up the lies, to cover up the bluff. For whose sake, not for anybody else's sake, but himself. And then, because he denies himself what he truly wants. And then as he actually is confronted with the lie uh, and confronted with the truth, he goes into uh, further denial and denial and denial upon denial until the customer is like completely convinced. He's like, no, this parrot is completely dead. You cannot say anything to convince me. Do you have anything to replace this parrot? Because Polly is obviously dead. He says, I have a slug. <laughs> He's like, does it talk? He's like, well, no, not really. He's like, well, that's not much of a replacement, is it? He's like, no. <laughs> so he doesn't have anything to come with this that this pet shop owner he doesn't have anything to come with to actualize uh the the harm of his bluff uh selling well basically what you say in swedish uh gays in a second which is the pig in the sack basically you buy something in a sack and you don't know what is in it and it can be anything and it can be a pig but it can also be gold like you never know right until you open the sack and check what's in it so you always got to check what's in it, right? But sometimes you just can't check the interiors of a person or a situation or a place until you actually get there to experience the actual experience itself. And once you've experienced the experience, you find out the bluff, you find out the lie, you find out the confusion and the reality, the reality that lies behind the confusion, beyond the confusion, beyond the dilemma of who was right and who was wrong and this and that and black and white and etc. We'll find out the truth. And so back to the sketch, the pet shop owner then goes into a further <laughs> denial mode where he finds another truth. He's like, hey, you know, it's not my fault. He's like, he doesn't, he doesn't take account for his actions. He's not in accountability for his bluff. So he tries to push it further where he's like, I didn't want to be a pet shop owner. 
I wanted to be a lumberjack. <laughs> so he goes into the forest. And you got like, if you, if you listening to this, please go into my website and you'll find the Monty Python, the parrot sketch, and you can watch it. <laughs> she had to see this. So he goes into the forest and he like throws off his uh, pet shop owner uh, store things. And you can hear in the background, like, I don't know if you he heard it in the sketch, the customer is like, hey, what about <laughs> the replacement of the parrot? He's like, I don't give a fuck, right? He like, he totally forgot about that lie. He goes into the next bluff, the next lever of denial. But it's closer to the truth, though. Might be, right? Might be. You never know, right? Because <laughs> someone who lies, someone who denies themselves the truth, someone who denies themselves uh, what they actually want might never really get there because they don't really know how to because it's not within the words of the truth or the lie it's the behavior it's the behavior like i say in all of my um pods you'll find out in the end uh spoiler alert you'll find out in the end that it's not really about the people the places the situations or the even the topics itself it's about behavioral patterns that's what i do i talk about behavioral patterns that's what i analyze that's what i pick up on and that's my experience in life that's what i generate to assist to because my purpose is to break these patterns my um My gift, my medicine is to assist you to break these patterns to, by acknowledging them. And so you have to witness what, <laughs> what the pattern is. And the pattern of denial, self-denial, self-illusionary behavior is so freaking hilarious. At the same time, it can be tremendously tragic because you'll find that in people who really don't know themselves. And I mean, I've had it. I've had it when I didn't know myself. I went into situations where I thought was, yeah, this is so me. This is, this is me. And people were like, are you sure? I'm not sure that you are sure. You know, really questioning me. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sure this is it. I'm done. I'm chill. Seal the deal. Let's go, right? But then, you know, later on, as the, the, the tug uh, of war <laughs> uh, started to pull on me, um you, you can no longer wear faulty armor and you realize well this is not my battle to uh, fight i am in somebody else's battlefield i'll go into this later but just to say it what happens when we realize that we are denying we'll check on that later we'll check on that later first i want to say about this lumberjack so he goes into the forest and he sings about being a lumberjack right and he has a complete choir of lumberjacks and a woman on his arm <laughs> and he's like really a butch right he's really butch he's really like manly manly right he's really butch he's like standing there really you know all prepped and cocky and like really manly like what we uh, would think butch is right And then he slowly starts to fade in the song from Cutting Down Trees uh, to that he's actually wearing high heels and bras and he's a transvestite and all he wants to do is be a girl, just like his dear papa. And <laughs> the choir goes, whoa, no, 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 this is not what we signed up for. <laughs> and they scatter into the nothingness. And the woman, his lady, she's like, oh, I 
thought you were so Dutch. Like she bought into the illusion that he was a lumberjack. Like she was a part of the scenario, the the play out, the his illusion, his dream, his um well lie, right? His bluff. She was a part of the bluff. And well realizing that, when you realize that, that's what we want to go into. We want to go into what happens when you realize that you are indeed caught in a bluff, have been caught in a bluff, or have been bluffed, or that you're bluffing, right? Either way, it's a bluff. So the bluff is, we want to take a moment, maybe if you have paper and pen, you want to put that out now, because this goes back to what I started with. Um, I started with What happens when we wait and wait and wait or when we do, right? Because when we wait and wait and wait and anticipate and wait for the right moment to happen, even in relationships with people, with places, with situations, as we are in denial, we are in denial. We are in denial. We can't just wait around, right? We have to do something about it. We can't just wait. Anticipation is different, Anticipation is different. Like I said, you have a promise of meeting or merch with something. This is already done. It's a done deal, right? You are anticipating something to happen. Meanwhile, you're doing something else, right? Or you can focus on bringing that closer to you. But waiting is an act of um, foolishness because it's not really you being patient. It's you being in denial, or someone being in denial. Because what are we waiting for? And you know, I get told all the time that I'm super impatient, but I am extremely patient as well. But we got to figure out what patience mean. Because if you have patience in anticipation, which actually is a true belonging of it, of that word, you hear it, right? On just the sound of it, anticipation, patience, well, then you are always in some sort of engagement. You're always focusing and aiming your energy towards whatever you are anticipating. So you're making sure that you will get it. You're making sure that you'll get there. You're making sure that you're not wasting your time. Patience is not about wasting your time. Patience is nurturing what is growing. What a lot of people get confused, and I have too, is that patience is just waiting around for something else to happen. Pa that patience would be waiting around for better days. That patience would be waiting around hoping that something would change. I mean, that's a complete waste of time. To just even expect that anything will change is a complete waste of time unless, unless you actually do something about it. You can't just sit and watch a flower grow if you haven't planted the seed, if you didn't water it, if you didn't make sure the soil was good, if you didn't make sure the bugs didn't eat it up, if you didn't make sure that the sun hit it right away, if you didn't make sure that all the circumstances around it was right, then you're just fooling yourself like a lumberjack, like the pet shop owner. You're just sitting there imagining stories for yourself and nothing is really happening. 
Nothing is really changing because you're still still stuck in self-denial or some, some, some form of denial. And then when you are caught in the bluff, when you realize that you've participated in either your own bluff or somebody else's bluff, which is technically part of your own bluff too because you have participated in somebody else's bluff, you actually bought into the lie, then you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I have bought a dead parrot. I have bought a dead parrot. I have bought the pig in the bag. <laughs> I mean, it's really nothing to laugh about. I do it now because I process that shit <laughs> and I'm done with it. <laughs> But, you know, uh, it can be tremendously devastating once you find out. For the ego, the ego goes, oh my God, I am so ashamed that I was buying into this foolishness. I am so ashamed of myself that I even believe that person. I am so ashamed of myself that I even in the first place went along with the story, even though I knew Even though I knew, although I knew better, don't you think the guy who bought the dead parrot knew? Like, is he really that stupid that he believes a parrot to be tired and resting by not moving and being stuffed? I mean, come on, you can see the difference, right? So people know, this is just an analogy of intuition, right? People always know, you know. And you can actually read... Um, my latest blog post, latest transmission writings called trust in the knowing or trust in knowing. And it's about that. It's about just that trusting intuition, trusting, because that's our key navigator. And that's what I always speak about, what I always bring up. This tells us, this allows us to know when we are on the right track, when we are on the wrong track. And when we feel that something is off, then we should better believe that it is, even though it sounds quite right. Like I said in all the other pods too, if it doesn't, if it smells funny, it is funny. <laughs> if it feels weird, something is off. You know, trust your body, trust your intuition, trust your capacity to discern because you know better than you even know yourself, right? We all know, we all have that deep sense of knowing, that deep sense of witnessing what is true and what is not, that deep sense of discernment. But when we really, 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 really want something, when we really, really, really want something and we can't get it or we believe that we don't have it, we make sure that we get the next best to it, which is not it. We, we don't really get what we want, but we get something similar to it that looks like it, sounds like it, feels like it smells like it, whatever, senses like it, but it's really not. For example, we want to get a parrot, but we can't, well, scratch the parrot, let's move on. Um, we want to uh, experience um, an adventure, a really good adventure, but we believe ourselves to not have the capacity or the resources, or the strength, or the time, or the effort, or whatever, to, we, we believe ourselves to be insufficient in some way, to get that. So instead of making something into an adventure, we buy into a story of an adventure. 
to make this easy, you either buy a book, watch a movie, go to the movies, or watch a series, whatever. You are being told a story about an adventure so that you can feel, sense, into it as if you were there. As if you were the lead character really experiencing it. So you cry with the movie, you laugh in the story of the series, and you get scared or you tremble with the lead character of the story of the book. You do all this, this is called empathy, right? It's called empathy. That's the actual capacity we have. Empathy is very much intertwined with imagination and fantasy and intuition and the capacity to create because feelings are signals of our power of the creation that we gave to ourselves literally whatever we create in our life makes us feel a certain way and it is that feeling that experience that we want to get to it's not the creation itself It's not like we build a sofa and we're like, yes, that's the sofa that I wanted. It's the experience of sitting in that sofa that you created for yourself. That's the richness of it. That's the feeling that you want. Same with the adventure. You want to feel like you are being taken on an adventure of your life or at least of that night or (laughs) of that day. So much that you buy into it, that you buy into it, even though you know on a cognitive level or an intuitive level, depends on how you experience it, that it's not true, that's illusionary, that it's a bluff, you still allow yourself to move into that space where you feel empathy with what's going on to the point where you actually emotionally react and respond to it in such a way that your body in a certain way believes that it's actually there. So you trick yourself, you fool yourself. And when you wake up out of that foolishness, let's not, it's not about the movie. It's more like you thought that you were experiencing it and then you woke up and you realized that you weren't. Like the, like the uh, what is it called? The, um, uh, what is it called? The Jim Carrey thing. The Truman Show. The Truman Show, right? <laughs> he thinks that he's in his life thing and then he wakes up and he realizes that it's just a bubble. It's just a hubble. It's just a bluff. That's a big scale, right? We can also go to the parrot, right? That's another analogy. You think you buy a parrot and then it turns out it's a stuffed parrot. And the guy who sold you this parrot sold you this parrot not because he wanted to sell you a lie, but because he was selling himself a lie. That's the thing. You can't blame the other person that you're with or the situation or place, whatever that you were projecting your hopes, your wishes and dreams onto. You have to really blame yourself and that's what happens when you wake up. You blame the other person, then you also blame yourself. The blame doesn't really lead anywhere. The blaming is just a face of the hurt ego wanting to project its emotions or its hurt, its pain somewhere else but onto the feeling of it. But we have to sit with it. We have to sit with what happened, what it was experienced and acknowledge the conjunction of the bullshit versus the truth and realize, okay, I actually wasn't in my power. I bought into somebody else's lie. I bought into somebody else's illusionary. I built sandcastles. Check, check, check. I built air castles. Check, check, check. 
I bought a parrot that was dead. Check. <laughs> I, I told myself that I wanted to be a pet shop owner, but instead I really wanted to be a lumberjack, but turns out I really didn't want to be that either. I just wanted to dress up as a woman. So that's how deep denial goes. Like it goes really, really deep. And we can't blame ourselves for denying the truth from ourselves because it can be buried so deep that we didn't even know about it. Well, we knew because we always know, but we really didn't know what it was, right? And so we have to go into some lies and falsities and really bad choices to find out what is our truth. Sometimes we do that. A lot of times we do that. That's how we learn. That's how we're like, oh, I did. T- I wasn't supposed to touch the fire. It burnt me. Oh, I got burned. Oh, I got burned. Oh, I got burned. Oh, I got. Okay, fifth time done. You got burned five times. Now you know you better not put your finger in the fire because what happens? Well, you'll get burned. So, I mean, we're here to have a human experience and we're here to acknowledge the human experience. And we can only heal through the human experience to such a degree that we can acknowledge the brokenness, right? And the brokenness can only be acknowledged when we stop putting blame around or throwing blame around like a wet fucking towel and when we start to wipe our own shit up. And if it, if it isn't that bad and you can just go into, hey, I bought into bluff, it's okay, I know now it's just a bluff and I'm not going to focus anymore on it. I'm not going to give it more time, more energy, and I'm good to go. I'm ready, set, and I'm not that hurt. I'm somewhat uh, disappointed because I realized I had hopes and dreams and wishes that didn't come true, but I take accountability for it, and so now I can move on. You can also do it that way, right? You can also do it that way. And on the other side of it, if you're the pet shop owner, whoa, if you're the salesman, if you're the pig in the bag or the bag itself, having a pig, you finding out that you have a pig inside you. I'm sorry. This is really bad analogies. I don't know if anybody will get my point by now, but I'm sure it's funny. Um, if you're the one that is selling somebody else a lie, I mean, you won't even know what hits you. You won't even know that you are lying, even as somebody else tells you, hey, I'm not buying into your bluff. I'm seeing that you're bluffing and I'm calling you out on it. In fact, I'm actually not being any more engaged in it. I'm going to stop participating in it and I'm going to leave you now. If you're the one being left, if you're the one that finds out that you're fake, Oh no, (laughs) it takes a huge amount of strength and capacity to realize that you've been faking yourself, that you've been frauding yourself, that you've been bluffing yourself. It actually is very rare that it happens. Even as you're being called out, it's actually very rare that it happens. Because self-denial on that degree... It's just buried so freaking deep into your, um, well, (laughs) truth account, into your settings, into your DNA, that 
into your subconscious that you haven't dared to go there. And even as somebody else can see it, you don't want to go there because it will take you from being passive to being active about yourself. And that's just not something you do from zero to one or one to zero. That's something that you have to learn. You have to learn by discipline and you have to learn by self-love and you have to learn by experience. And so you will probably meet a lot of people that tells you you're bluffing. That feels like you have, well, been a fraud or that you didn't tell the truth or that you were a liar. You will probably meet a lot of people who at first glance, really are attracted to what you're selling. What you're selling yourself, what you're telling yourself. And then as time goes along, if they're not as deep entrenched in self-denial as you are, they will surely be having enough of that cup and then moving on. And you will realize that, well, either I have to change something about myself or it's going to turn out the same way again and again and again. So change is always change, right? People fear change, but Actually, the only thing that is constant is change because things are ever-changing. We are always moving. There is nothing that is stuck, stuck or stagnant or um, conformed into one form forever, eternally. That's just against the, the natural laws. That's just against the laws of the universe. Things are always changing. So are we, so are our personalities, um, so are our customs, but we might not always see the change. We might not always perceive the change. So when we fear a change, it's not really the change that we're fearing. Okay, Asling. <laughs> it's not really the, the, the change that we're fearing. It's the effect of the change. And the effect of the change is if, if we really take it seriously, excuse my daughter, if we really take it seriously, the change, it is evolution. But then we have to stretch so far that we have to go from, like I said, passivity to activity, to disengagement until engagement. We have to go from denial to realization. We have to move ourselves from one concept of reality into another, or perhaps through multiple others until we actually get to the one that is the aha. This is what I want. This is what I want to do. This is how I know where I'm going to go because this is true to me. And so there's many ways to do that, right? There's many self-help books. There's many methods. But ultimately, and how I work through my methods is that we find our own tools and this is the only thing that can actually lead us into our essence, into our core, into what we want, into where we are empowered enough to do something about it.
because we have to form our own tools. So change is not really scary because change happens all the time. All the time. Every cell in our body keeps on changing, rearranging, reforming, and reformatting. And the only reason that we stay stuck or that we believe that we stay stuck is because of the lethargic, apathetic disengagements of our construct of reality that we feel like tomorrow is a better day, today is not. Or that we even believe that there is a tomorrow to procrastinate what you want to do into. Because there is also one thing, like I said in the beginning, you may think that you know what you want, and you may say that you want to do that thing, but really you're in denial. So you do not know what you want. You say you want one thing, but you do not know what you want. So even though you say you want to change and evolve into a state of being, you're not doing it. It's not happening. Because why? Because you don't really want it. Because you don't really want to. Because you, you haven't truly chosen to yet. You haven't truly chosen. So we all have to choose. <laughs> do we want to do it or not? Is this for us or not? And this is also such a great way to end the first episode because I had an idea of how I were supposed to um, do the other 11 episodes, uh, sorry, yeah, episodes of season two. I wanted to do collaborations. No, no, no. I thought I wanted to do collaborations, but I knew deep, 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 deep below <laughs> the illusionary selves, I knew that that wasn't true. I was not going to do collaborations. And I tried, I tried, but like Yoda said, there is no trying, right? There is no trying. There is only doing or not doing. So I wasn't really doing what I was supposed to do. I was doing what I thought I was supposed to do. So I wasn't really in tune with myself. And then I took a pause and I realized what was naturally true to me. It's to naturally express the evolutionary steps of my own creation, of my own liberation and what I see and what I can help to shed light on for you. So that's what I'll keep on doing. And I am so happy <laughs> to stand in the midst of that, to stand in the power of that and just the juiciness of what I want to do. I want to keep on sharing this with you guys. I have my two kids. I am a full-time single mom while I'm studying. And... Hey, baby. Tack, Gessling. Wow. Tack, my vän. So vackra. My daughter, she just brought me waffles with berries on. All made of Play-Doh. Amazing. <laughs> so, I mean, I have a full-time life. And... <sighs> I'm definitely not in this to, I'm not in this to portray myself into a certain way. I'm not in this to make, um, to make an impact on myself because that impact 
has already happened. <clears throat> I'm already impressed with myself. I'm already stunned with myself. I'm already really in awe of my own capacity. And that's when that realization of that gratitude and that awe is coming in. That's when I want to share it. That's when I want to share it. Wow, Leon. Wow. And so now I'm sharing, and I'm sharing from that point of awareness, and I'm sharing gratitude with you guys. And I'm so happy that we're continuing on this journey together. And um, yeah. <sighs> Thank you for listening. <laughs> Welcome 2020. Welcome to a new cycle. Welcome to a higher state of evolutionary stances. And welcome, welcome to the deeper layers of you. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs>